Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Breaking news, the future of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in limbo. The emergency meeting tonight and what scientists told the CDC. The new details tonight about the woman who died after her J&J vaccine. Plus, could leaving the middle seat open on an airplane reduce the spread of COVID? Charged with manslaughter, the Minnesota officer who shot and killed Dante Wright is under arrest. Tonight, how could a veteran officer mistake her gun for a taser? The Chauvin trial, an expert witness for the defense, says many factors like heart disease and possible carbon monoxide poisoning contributed to George Floyd's death. Ending America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. President Biden announces a withdrawal from Afghanistan. Tonight, the sharp criticism from Republicans. Offshore disaster. The search for missing crew members after their boat capsized during hurricane force winds. COVID long haulers. The millions of COVID survivors with debilitating symptoms, like a former marathon runner who now struggles to speak. Brazil on the brink. He's not only going to kill uh, Brazilians, he could kill people all over the world. Death of Bernie Madoff. The mastermind of the largest Ponzi scheme dies behind bars. Plus, a young baseball fan's simple gesture and what it can teach us all. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news that is just coming out of an emergency meeting at the CDC. Tonight, the Scientific Committee advising the government on vaccines says it needs more time to evaluate the risks associated with Johnson & Johnson's coronavirus shot, essentially extending a nationwide pause on using the vaccine for at least another week. The FDA and CDC temporarily halted use of the single-dose vaccine nationwide Tuesday after six women came down with an extremely rare blood clotting disorder. One of those women died. The committee had been expected to lift that pause and issue new warnings about possible reactions to the vaccine. Instead, members said they just don't have enough information to make any decision. Health officials point out more than 7 million people have gotten the Johnson & Johnson shot without any issues. But tonight's move is setting off a firestorm, raising more questions about the safety of that vaccine and creating more doubt among those who fear getting vaccinated at all. CBS's Mola Lenghi is going to lead off our coverage tonight from a vaccination site near Miami. Good evening, Mola. Well, good evening, Nora. States and vaccination sites are still dealing with the fallout from that Johnson & Johnson vaccine pause. And a panel advising the CDC just gave them some potentially more challenging news. This as we're learning more about those six women who suffered those blood clots. Tonight, a CDC advisory committee saying they need more time to assess data and risks on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And they expect the CDC will keep the pause for now. After six cases of blood clots were reported in women, all aged between 18 and 48. Right now, we believe these events to be extremely rare, but we are also not yet certain we have heard about all possible cases. And now we're learning new details about the women. All reported headaches as a symptom. None were pregnant. Half had obesity as a pre-existing condition, and only one of the six white women was taking the hormones estrogen and progesterone. Tonight, three remain hospitalized with two in the ICU. And we now know the woman who died was a 45-year-old from Virginia. Only two of the women have been released from the hospital. Four of the six had received heparin, a standard treatment for blood clots, but harmful for the type of clots they had. Because it could be dangerous and make the situation much worse. I don't want to you know, put anybody at risk here. Pharmacies and vaccine sites are scrambling, and so are Americans. I was definitely excited to finally get it um, and then just kind of got slapped in the face and say, hey, no, there's, you know, you have to wait again. The pause could affect some communities more than others, rural residents, students and the homeless, populations the Biden administration's vaccine campaign was targeting with the J&J vaccine. More than 7 million J&J doses have already been administered, but they still account for less than 5% of the total doses given. The U.S. is now averaging 3.3 million daily doses. I want to be clear that we have more than enough Pfizer and Moderna vaccine supply to continue or even accelerate the current pace of vaccinations. But public health leaders acknowledge that vaccine hesitancy remains a concern. It's going to be a hard sale for not just Johnson & Johnson, but for any vaccine. People need to know that the system is working for them, that we're being vigilant. And even though this wasn't an easy decision, it was the right decision. Well, here at this site, just outside the Miami Dolphins football stadium, more than 1,600 Pfizer vaccines were administered just today. But still, a major concern here in Florida, as it is across the nation, are underserved communities. Many of them were relying on that Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and it's likely they will be further squeezed as that vaccine hangs in limbo. Nora. That really is the story, Mola Lenghi. Thank you. 
And now to breaking news in Minnesota and a dramatic turn in the case of that veteran police officer who shot and killed a 20-year-old black man during a traffic stop Sunday. The police chief called it a mistake, but tonight the officer is under arrest, charged with manslaughter. And the city of Brooklyn Center is under a curfew, bracing for a fourth night of protests. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. In just over 24 hours, Kim Potter went from officer to inmate. The former Brooklyn Center police veteran charged with second-degree manslaughter, which carries a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. Brooklyn Center police say they stopped 20-year-old Dante Wright on Sunday for having expired tags and found he had an outstanding misdemeanor warrant. When police were trying to cuff him, Wright jumped into his car. The former police chief says Potter thought she grabbed her taser. But instead of the taser, Potter pulled her pistol, firing the fatal shot. The investigator examining her duty belt after the shooting says the taser was on her left side and her handgun was on the right, as in this photo. You know what side your gun is on and what side your taser is on. The charges come after another night of protests. More than 70 people were arrested. Tonight, city officials are calling for calm. And I ask the community to remain peaceful as we live through this tragic event. No word yet on when Potter will be in court, but she will spend the night in jail. Protesters and activists have gathered in front of the police department again, so we'll wait and see what happens tonight. Nora? All right, Omar Villafranca, thank you. And we should note that just a few miles away in Minneapolis, more dramatic testimony today as a key defense witness insisted that Derek Chauvin was not to blame for George Floyd's death. Instead, the expert raised a number of other possibilities, including carbon monoxide poisoning. CBS's Jamie Ucas was inside the courtroom. Maryland's former chief medical examiner, Dr. David Fowler, backed the defense's argument that George Floyd's death was not a homicide. All of his injuries were in areas where the knee was not. Fowler said Floyd's heart suddenly stopped due to hypertension and heart disease. He also testified that many factors contributed to Floyd's death, including drugs. And Fowler pushed this theory. There is exposure to a vehicle exhaust, so potentially carbon monoxide poisoning. The prosecution swung back. Do you agree with me that there was no finding of carbon monoxide poisoning? Here's autopsy review. I do. Prosecutor Jerry Blackwell also attacked Fowler's testimony about Derek Chauvin's weight. And so you didn't factor in the weight of his equipment that was also on the body of Mr. Floyd. Is that true? That is true. And his citing of studies Uh, about prone restraints. None of the studies uh, went for as long as nine minutes and 29 seconds. That is true. Fowler is currently the subject of a civil lawsuit in Maryland, brought by a family who claims he helped cover up their son's death. He died under similar circumstances. And Jamie Ucas joins us now. And you were one of the reporters allowed inside the courtroom today. We don't get to see the jury, but you did. What did you glean from that? I can tell you, Nora, the jury is clearly engaged and taking their roles seriously. But by the end of the session, it was obvious that the trial is really taking its toll. They really looked exhausted. All right, Jamie Ucas, thank you. 
Well, tonight, President Biden is defending his decision to withdraw all remaining U.S. troops from Afghanistan, saying the U.S. needs to fight the battles for the next 20 years, not the last 20. His decision drew a sharp response from Republicans. We get more now from CBS's Weijia Jiang at the White House. President Biden announced the end to the U.S. war in Afghanistan from the same spot in the White House treaty room as President George W. Bush announced its beginning 20 years ago. It's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. The president said the U.S. would withdraw all forces by September 11th, having stopped al-Qaeda from using Afghanistan as a base for another attack. The CIA director warned leaving comes with consequences. When the time comes for the U.S. military to withdraw, the U.S. government's ability to collect and act on threats will diminish. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. The result of this decision today by President Biden is this cancel an insurance policy that, in my view, would prevent another 9-11. President Biden honored the more than 2,400 troops who died in Afghanistan, visiting Arlington National Cemetery, where many are buried. Nobody else needs to die. U.S. Army Sergeant Adam Keyes survived, but he lost both legs and his left arm when his convoy ran over an IED in 2010. If you don't have a plan like we did not have a plan, then there is never going to be a true resolve here. We have to call it quick at some point. We can't be there forever. President Biden said the U.S. would continue its diplomatic and humanitarian work in Afghanistan. But he has made clear that he wants to focus the U.S. foreign policy on threats from China and Russia, along with the nuclear ambitions of Iran and North Korea. Nora? Weijia Jiang at the White House. Thank you. We turn out off the coast of Louisiana tonight, where a desperate search continues for crew members from a ship that capsized in the Gulf of Mexico on Tuesday in hurricane force winds. Rough seas have slowed the search. CBS's Jesse Mitchell has the latest now from the Louisiana coast. Cell phone video of the capsized boat shows a Coast Guard cutter and several private boats racing to help pull people out of the rough seas. We have rescued six survivors. Unfortunately, we recovered one individual on the surface of the water, deceased. The ship, Seacor Power, was carrying 19 crew members when it capsized during a severe storm off the Gulf Coast. 12 people are still missing. What we know of the weather conditions at the time is that we had 80 to 90 mile per hour winds. Boater Bruce Simon got caught in the same storm and heard multiple distress signals coming from the troubled ship. Mayday, mayday, mayday. We need assistance. Um, you know, one after the other. Chaz Morales, a father of three, is one of the missing crew members. And he loves his baby yeah. so much. We need him to come home. The search for the missing will continue through the night. Jesse Mitchell, CBS News, Grand Isle, Louisiana. And we got word today that Bernie Madoff, the mastermind of the biggest Ponzi scheme in history, has died in prison. Madoff promised investors abnormally high returns, but it was all a fraud and unraveled during the financial crisis in 2008. Paper losses totaled nearly $65 billion. Madoff was serving a 150-year sentence and suffered from kidney disease. He was 82 years old. 
We turn now to the lingering battle against COVID that millions of Americans are fighting months after being diagnosed with the disease. An estimated 5 to 10 percent of COVID patients are long haulers who feel endlessly trapped in the virus's grip. CBS News chief medical correspondent Dr. John LaPook reports now on the search for answers. After enduring COVID this past December, 38-year-old Camille Halafka, a dedicated marathon runner, now often gasps for breath, as was clear just a few minutes into our interview. Sorry. This happens when I try and speak for longer, like, sentences. Her most cherished activities are a struggle. All out of breath. Including story time with her two-year-old son, Reed. What's been the hardest part of all this for you? Feeling like I'm not myself. I never realized what a gift it was <laughs> to just be able to speak. Ear, nose, and throat doctor Diana Kirk of Mount Sinai Hospital found vocal cord weakness that impaired Halafka's speech and breathing, a likely nerve injury from COVID. The right side is weaker than the left side. It's a surprising addition to what's known as long-haul syndrome. Other symptoms include fatigue, headache, brain fog, depression, and anxiety. The NIH is spending $1.15 billion to study the problem. A lot of the patients, they don't understand why they have these breathing troubles when their lung function tests are normal. They think it's in their head, maybe. Exactly. Halafka is now getting speech therapy to relearn the most natural thing in the world, breathing. Dr. John LaPook, CBS News, New York. Brazil is almost 5,000 miles away, but what's happening there could have a significant impact on the pandemic here. One of the most contagious variants of the virus was discovered in Brazil, leading to a staggering amount of death and despair that's now spreading worldwide. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorquez. An urgent warning tonight from Brazil's health ministry. Some hospitals could run out of medicine to treat COVID-19 patients within 10 days. This, as the nation recorded nearly 3,500 COVID deaths in the last 24 hours. With a song of undying love, Silvana Saraiva mourns for not only her husband, Hermes, but her 33-year-old son, Elvis. They died four days apart. My heart wails and the tears fall, she says. I don't have words to describe the suffering. They were a musical family. It's how they earned a living. Silvana and her son Eric now have to get by with half their family gone. Why? Why both of them? It's the kind of suffering Duke University professor Miguel Nicolelis believes could have been prevented. He's a critic of President Jair Bolsonaro, who has consistently downplayed the virus, even as more contagious variants spread here. It's like having a gigantic nuclear reactor getting into a chain reaction out of control and exploding all over you know, the, the neighborhood. We are a biological Fukushima right now. It's not only going to kill uh, Brazilians, it could kill people all over the world. Despite the virus raging here, Brazil's two largest and hardest hit cities, Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo, have started to loosen some restrictions on bars and restaurants, while the country has only vaccinated about 3% of its population. Nora? All right, Manny Bohorquez, thank you. 
There are disturbing new details tonight in the disappearance and murder of college student Kristen Smart nearly 25 years ago. Prosecutors in California said today that Smart was killed during an attempted rape by fellow student Paul Flores, and his father helped hide her body. Prosecutors say Flores may have attacked other women and are asking the public for information. All right, tonight a new CDC study could reignite the debate over blocking the middle seats just as airlines are selling more tickets. It says keeping those seats empty could reduce the risk of spreading COVID by up to 57 percent. However, it did not make mask take mask wearing into account. Airlines insist flying is safe. You never know what's going to happen at a ball game. Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman hit a home run in Atlanta last week, and 14-year-old Phillies fan Josh Scott came up with the ball. Now, Phillies fans don't like Braves fans, so Josh thought about throwing the ball back on the field. Instead, he tossed it to a young Braves fan wearing a Freeman jersey. A simple act of kindness. You can do anything that you think is small, but it may come off as big to others. Well, Josh's good deed was rewarded. The Braves invited him back, and Freddie Freeman personally presented him with a new ball, perhaps proving that America's favorite pastime might just be kindness. Scientists think they've found one of the causes of that mysterious condition linked to COVID that's afflicting children across America, and we'll have that story tomorrow night. A reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.